Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Final hour here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Chris Inocero filling in for Bink. Grant Nicholson producing the operation on the other side of the glass. We're an hour away from the Suns taking the court against the Lakers on ESPN. I don't think I've seen one reference at all. No, I, I mean, I don't have the sound on because I'm, I'm doing the show. But I during this this Brooklyn and, and Philly broadcast uh, of, for the NBA, I have not seen like anything like pregame or in the uh, in the halftime referencing the the uh Rumors swirling around about Sarver. I don't even think I've seen it on the ticker. No. I don't think it's even dropped by as like you no. know blurb. Just nothing a tiny on thing. the ticker. Nothing. nothing. The only thing we've seen is on Twitter and like some news sources have reported from Jordan Schultz's uh, tweet that came out earlier. Which, if you haven't been paying attention, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarver, uh, reportedly there's a big, big story coming out in the next few days accusing him of racism, sexism, and sexual harassment. This is the owner of the Phoenix Suns who just played in the finals three months ago. My Phoenix Suns, I'm a Suns fan. So that hurts. This is uh, insult to injury, I guess, from that finals loss. And they lost on Wednesday, so that doesn't feel good. So, yeah, this has uh, not a, not been a good week. I, and, and anyone who knows Suns fans knows that everyone every Suns fan hates Robert Sarver like people like people you know like how how Chiefs fans hated Carl Peterson back in the day like in the like late 90s throughout the throughout the 2000s because people called him cheap and all that that's how people feel in Phoenix about Robert Sarver especially after the whole DeAndre Ayton 
news that happened earlier this week where they refused to sign him to an extension, uh, a max extension like he wanted, even though he was like the key player, one of the key players for the team in the finals. Man, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, are not happy with Sarver, and then you get this stuff happening. And if you've ever, like, read any of the crazy stories about him over the years, especially with how he treated the former GM, Ryan McDonough, oh, man, like, he's a nutcase. So I wasn't shocked by this story when it came out, but, man, well, when it, when I wasn't shocked by the, the rumors about the story, because we haven't seen the story yet, but, uh, yeah, we... I, I agree with you, Grant. I think this is a Monday morning story. I don't think this is a – unless ESPN just emergency releases it in the middle of the night because they're like, hey, let's just get ahead of it and put it out now. And we'll have Wojan at the 1 o'clock sports center to talk about this. That might be the only way. Otherwise, they got to wait till Monday because you're not going to run it Saturday morning when you've got college football game day coming on at 8 o'clock or uh, – NFL Sunday NFL countdown at eight o'clock. You're not going to do that. So it's probably a Monday morning story, but yeah, an hour away, Monty Williams head coach for the Suns, already said, yeah, I'm not talking about it. So yeah, this is going to be a story for a while. And it's probably going to be something that is going to hang over them for a bit until something's done about it. And if it's true, Sarver's probably going to be forced to sell the team a la Donald Sterling. So I want to, get back to the conversation about the chiefs. And I talked about this at the beginning of the show. And if you disagree with me, cool. I I'm, I'm fine. There's a lot of people here at six ten that would disagree with me. Um, me and Bink debated on this on Wednesday. And like, I've been trying not to think this way. Cause like, I feel like a Homer. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm not that. Like, when Alex Smith was the the Chiefs quarterback, I hated him. Like, I hated him with every ounce of my being. Like, I, I hated Alex Smith. Because, like, it's not that I thought he was a bad quarterback. It was just like, man, that's not good enough. So, for me, I was like, I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it always dropped. But now, with Alex, with Alex Smith gone... And with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback and us seeing the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and seeing how that greatness brings out the best out of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And then they bring in Tyron Matthew and he's starting to bring the best out of guys. And you got Chris Jones, who's who's become a star for this team. And they brought in Frank and Frank was great in 2019. And he he's shown some flashes in 2020 and you know this year he really hasn't been that effective but you could probably attribute that to the myriad of injuries he's had throughout the year the hamstrings and whatnot but this is a team that has established the precedent that they are the best in the conference and this year they have not been the best in the conference as far as just their immediate performance and because of that, if you're like, well, they're three and three, so I don't think they're the best team in the conference. Sure. Like, I, I'm i not going to be mad at you for thinking that. If you think the Ravens are the best, somebody texted in earlier, they think the Ravens are the best, but they think the Chiefs will be the best team after three quarters of the season. If you think that, cool. If you think the Bills are the best, even though they just lost on Monday Night Football, 
But they beat the Chiefs by 18 points at Arrowhead. If you think that, cool. If you think the Titans are, because the Titans just beat the Bills, who beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And even though they have a pathetic defense, they got to stop right in front of their goal line on fourth down. I'm not going to be mad at you for that either. But I feel like the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. And the reason why I think so is because I believe that their mistakes are not who they are. It's what they've done. And I feel like their record is more of a monument of their sins, but it's not really who they are. Their mistakes don't make don't make up who they are as a team because we've seen what they've done when they don't make mistakes. This isn't a team that's getting beat because somebody outplayed Patrick Mahomes. This isn't a team that's getting beat because they're getting bad penalties and they're extending drives. I mean, this team's not penalized a whole lot. We're talking about a team that is moving the ball down the field at a rate that, I mean, they're moving the ball down the field at such an efficient rate. I don't think we've ever seen that before. The only team that's scoring more points per drive in the last 30 years is the 07 Patriots. They are great on offense. Amazing on offense. They can move the ball down the field with ease. Their problem is when they make mistakes and they turn the ball over. And to me, that is uncharacteristic of the team. There's a lot of people who are like, well, at what point are we going to say that this is who they are? Well, it's going to take more than six games for me to say that this is who they are because they've given us two seasons, the last two seasons, where they've shown that that's not who they are. And I'm going to believe the last two seasons over, you know, six games, especially when we're not seeing a major overhaul in talent. We're not seeing a major regression in a lot of that talent. We're just seeing some of that talent play out of character. Tyreek Hill, I don't know. I do not believe is just going to start every week tipping passes into the air and letting defenders pick them off. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to just start heaving lame ducks into the air for defenders to pick off. I don't think every week a receiver or a running back is going to fumble. To me, those things are uncharacteristic. They aren't who the Chiefs really are. It's just a product of circumstance and chance, and it just happens. And, and, And teams go through these ruts. But they come out of it, and they're just fine. The 2014 Chiefs, I mean, the 2014 Chiefs, the 2014 Patriots, they played a lot like this Chiefs team did. They made mistakes. They hurt themselves in games. They lost games. I mean, we remember they got massacred by the Chiefs on Monday Night Football before that wild card game when the uh, when the Chiefs played the, I'm not the Chiefs, but the Royals played the Athletics. I, I was here for both of those nights. And I remember I was producing for Cody um, and he was doing a blue October special on Monday night uh, during the Chiefs game. And I just remember watching the Chiefs go out there and I think everybody thought that they were going to get smashed by the Patriots and they went out there and they beat the hell out of them. And it was fun to watch. It was great watching them beat up the Patriots Uh, because it was 
probably the only time they were going to do that that year because they probably they weren't making they didn't make the playoffs that year, and I don't think we expected them to. So, you know, this is is one of those situations where the Patriots started off bad, and then next thing you know, they got hot after the first four or five games, and they all of a sudden became a the the top team in the AFC again. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, granted, they got some help because Daryl Bevel decided he wanted to call a passing play at the goal line instead of handing the ball off to to uh, Marshawn Lynch, who was dominating it at that point of the game. But still, you, they won the Super Bowl, and then they won a couple more. And there were points where people wanted to bury them. And I just remember being like, yeah, I, I can't do that. Because I've seen this team go out and overcome that adversity. We saw them get knocked out in the wild card round against the Ravens a few years before that. And they kept coming back, kept going to the playoffs. I think the Chiefs team are probably the closest thing we're going to have to what the Patriots were the last two decades. A team that's constantly in the mix. Constantly going to be at or near the top. And that means that we shouldn't count them out. We shouldn't look at them as as being a team that is here for a little bit, on top for a little bit, and then slowly gonna gonna uh, fade away so that other teams can replace them on top. I don't think that's what they are. They haven't been that in, under Andy Reid in general. They've had one year where they didn't make the playoffs, and that one year they still went nine and seven. Teams don't do that. Generally, teams are going to be, if they're great one year, generally they regress to the mean the next year or below that. Teams generally do not do what the Chiefs are doing. The only team we've seen do it, uh, the Patriots the last 20 years and the Eagles when Andy Reid was there. That's it. Teams just don't. And, and the, you could say the Steelers too. The Steelers have been like that too. Those are the only teams that have been able to do what the Chiefs have been doing the last few years since 2013 so I'm not gonna hold these losses against them because I know that these losses are uncharacteristic these are losses that they lost these are games that they lost because of themselves because they turned the ball over in Raven territory when they were in field goal range because you turned the ball over three times in Chargers territory and then you had another nasty turnover at midfield when you had a chance to go and get a game-winning score. And then you turn the ball over four times, five times if you count the turnover on downs, against the Bills. I don't believe that's who the Chiefs are. They're not a mistake-prone team that's going to shoot themselves in the foot all the time. They are much more disciplined and much better than that. And that's the reason why I believe they're the best team in the AFC. I believe that the losses that they've had are more the exception to the rule than the rule. And if you disagree, that's fine. Like I said, we're six games into the season. There's still a lot of football left to be played, and there's a lot of proving or disproving that can happen during that time. But I think at this point, I don't think it's been disproven that the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I just think what we've seen is that when the Chiefs make a ton of mistakes, they're incredibly beatable. And even though they're incredibly incredibly beatable, teams are just barely beating them when they do that. Coming up next, I tell you what the biggest storylines are going into the Chiefs-Titans game on Sunday. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back in. Bink at night. 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Chris on Grant Nicholson. I saw this on Twitter during the break. Who wins in a fight? Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The old one, not the new one. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Or Carl Weathers from Family Matters. Has to be. Has to be Uncle Phil, right? That was my initial reaction. It has to be Uncle Phil. I feel like Uncle Phil's got size. He is, he is the size of an offensive lineman. He's the, the the guy who played. I can't remember the guy who played. Six foot five. Huge guy. I mean, Will Smith's like six one, and he was much taller than Will Smith. And uh, the guy who played Carl Weathers, Reginald Vell jo- Reginald Vell Johnson. I've been actually I've been watching. Uh, they put they just put Family Matters on HBO Max like a couple weeks ago, I think. So I've been binge watching episodes. Man. Highly underrated. But Reginald Vell Johnson, who played Carl Weathers, five foot eight. I mean, I'm not normally like a, a size matters when it comes to like fighting. because, uh, you know, I, I've seen some smaller guys put some ass whoopings on some bigger guys, but I, I that that size gap is huge. Five foot eight, Reginald Vell Johnson versus six foot five Uncle Phil. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Uncle Phil on that one. That was a, that was a, it's been, it's like the number nine trend. It's been trending for the last couple hours now. Uh, I think that's a, that's uncle Phil that wins that fight. So I want to get into the biggest storylines going into Sunday's game between the chiefs and the Titans. The biggest storyline for the chiefs is going to be that if they win, Now the perception of them starts to slide back into uh, them being in that top of the AFC conversation. The Titans are a team that 
some pe- that people are starting to get high on. People are starting to believe in them. Not necessarily Vegas, because I, I, the line's been moving up all week. I think it started at like two and a half, and now it's up to five and a half. Uh, I, I was when I was driving in, listening to the drive. Uh, it had gotten up to five and a half this afternoon. I don't know what it is now. Maybe it slid up down, but it's five and a half right, as last time I heard, which is massive considering the fact that the Chiefs are four and three and the Titans are coming off the biggest win of the season uh, for them. This is a, a huge, huge game for both teams, but you know the Chiefs can change the perception that people have of them. I mean, there are a lot of people that are starting to have questions about the validity of this Chiefs team as a top contender. Listen to Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football, who was on with the guys on Cody and Gold, kind of air out his doubts about this Kansas City Chiefs team. And then Mahomes said, hold on, I got you, and then just absolutely proceeded to torch Washington in the second half. But did it feel like, okay, that was rock bottom, that crazy Mahomes interception, and now they come crawling back? I don't know. I, I know that they made some defensive plays and it was wildly refreshing, but I will be lying to you guys if I started thinking, if I said I, I wasn't thinking, I, I think the Chiefs might miss the playoffs. I, I think they're, they're going to lose this game. This is crazy. This is dogs and cats living together. But they saved it. They beat Washington in the second half. Does that mean anything? I don't know. It means they're alive. And, like, you can hear the uncertainty in Brant's voice. You can hear that. I mean, Chris Carter has talked about how he, you know, wasn't, uh, he's not a fan of this Chiefs team because of the defense. And, you know, Peter Schrager, he's, you know, he really likes the team still. It, there's been this back and forth, this off and on. Some people like the Chiefs, some people don't. I was watching Get Up this morning uh, as I was preparing the show. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the, the, the picks and they got four people there, like Ninkovich and... Um, was it Sam Macho, I think is his name. Uh, and then they had Graziano and Ryan Clark and a and Clark chose the chiefs and Ninkovich and Graziano chose the Titans. So you got a split panel there and you know, there's a lot of disagreement on, uh, on whether or not they're going to win. There's a lot of people that think this chiefs team might lose this game. I was driving when I was driving and I was listening, listening to the drive and uh, he had uh CDOT had Nate Taylor on from the athletic and Nate Taylor picked the chiefs and CDOT picked the Titans. Like it's back and forth. There's a lot of people who are, who are on either side. There's a lot of people who have kind who are uncertain about this chiefs team going into this game, a game that at the beginning, beginning of the year, I think almost everybody would have picked the chiefs for. You know, I do the uh, I do the um, the pickskin pick them on ESPN, and you know, the last few years you look at the Chiefs, and it's usually like over ninety percent uh, in favor of the Chiefs when they make picks. But you know, then you look at the at them now, and the last few weeks it's been just barely over fifty. I mean, that's just how that's how much confidence people have lost in this team. So if the Chiefs were to win on Sunday, it would be something that would build a lot of confidence, a lot of people's confidence in this team. A lot of people would be like, oh, well, okay, I believe in this team. I, I, I believe that they are uh, for real. And then there would be a lot of people that would 
buy into the Titans more if the Titans were to win. If the Titans win, all of a sudden, now you've got a team that becomes the favorite, I think, for most people that come out of the AFC because they beat the Bills, and now you beat the Chiefs in consecutive weeks. Big games. So now the Titans become a team to beat, and now Derrick Henry becomes the front runner in the AFC front runner for the NFL MVP. And, you know, in considering the way that he has played this year, he will have had to have had a uh, pretty historic game there in order to win. And if that happens, that means that he'll have proved, he'll have proven that in some people's minds that he's probably more valuable than, than even Patrick Mahomes. I mean, hell, if, if you listen to Tim Tebow on first take, Tim Tebow, he swore up and down that Derrick Henry was somehow more the most valuable player in that game. Like, here's here's Tim Tebow talking, just spewing nonsense about Derrick Henry over Mahomes. The person that is dominating the most at their position compared to the rest of the NFL is Derrick Henry. So I would pick Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry, what he is doing right now is different than any other running back. And yes, there's a difference between running backs and quarterbacks and quarterbacks are more valuable. But who is dominating at their position the most, maybe the most in the NFL is Derrick Henry. What he did last week was ridiculous. And by the way, he's also going to get better throughout the year. That doesn't happen for most running backs. Almost 800 yards, 10 tuds. Everybody knows he's getting the ball and he still runs over people. So I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. I mean, that's nonsense, but that becomes more viable if the Titans win. Like, if the Titans win, like, it becomes a little bit more realistic and reasonable for people to say just because that the results back up the the idea. It's it, Like I said, it's complete horse bleep, but more people are going to say that, right? Right, Grant? Like, there's going to be a lot more people that say that, so... It's the reason why I, I I think that it's very imperative for the Chiefs. They win this game on Sunday because now the narrative goes against them. The defense can make a major statement if they, the Chiefs defense can make a major statement if they play well in this game. If they, they don't have to shut down Derrick Henry. They don't have to do to Derrick Henry what they did in the championship game a couple years ago where they held him to 69 yards on 19 carries and basically eliminated him from the game by halftime because the the team had to play catch up with the Chiefs and they couldn't do it by running the football. If they can hold him to like just over 100 and ensure that he doesn't have any big plays uh, and they're able to make this a Ryan Tannehill versus Patrick Mahomes game, which favors their style of play anyways, now we're going to have a game that is going to fit into what the Chiefs want. And if they get that kind of game, we're going to be looking at a, at a situation where the defense is going to look a whole hell of a lot better in the eyes of a lot of people. Then another storyline that we're going to hear, we're going to see talked about a lot is can the Chiefs fix their turnover problems? If they can, it'll make them even more hard, harder to stop. They're already difficult to stop with the turnovers. They still average three points per drive with the turnovers. If they eliminate the turnovers, if they're able to capitalize on those points, 
We're talking about a team that is even more scary to handle. We're talking about a team that's even more difficult to stop. You know how hard it is to stop a team that can move the ball at will that's averaging 45 yards a drive when they're starting at the 28, which basically puts them into field goal range every time they touch the ball. You know how hard it is to stop a team like that? If they could stop turning the football over, they're adding more yards per drive and they're adding more points per drive. They could surpass that 07 New England team that was averaging 3.19 points per drive. That's something I think that would really put the Chiefs in that upper echelon. If they look like that, if they play like that, they don't turn the ball over, now the narrative changes for this team. And the pressure, I think, is going to be on the Titans a little bit more than the Chiefs because the Titans have a lot more to prove. If the Chiefs lose, like, you know, I, I, was, I was looking at this earlier, ESPN says that they got like a 61% chance of making the playoffs, even if they lose. Even if they lose, they got a 61% chance of making the playoffs. The Titans lose this game. They miss their chance to establish themselves as the top dogs in the conference right now. They miss their chance because they're not going to have another opportunity to do it. They're going to have to wait to the playoffs, and at that point, things might be completely different. They might have lost momentum, all that mess. They do this now. They play great now. All of a sudden, they are in the in the best position that they can be to go out and try and establish the kind of momentum that you need to be able to be one of the elite teams in the playoffs. They could really put themselves in great position to get that one seed, get that that bye, and be rested up going into the divisional round. Titans very much. This is very vital for them because it could mean the difference between them playing, you know, getting a buy and going week and going divisional round with some rest or having to maybe even play on the road in the, in the wild card round. Actually, not on the, on the road, but playing in, on the road in the divisional round and having a, a tough matchup because you're having to go to Kansas City or to Buffalo This could be really, really monumental for them. And there's a lot of pressure for them. If they lose, all of a sudden, they've just proven that they're not good enough. Coming up next, I give you the keys for the Chiefs and the Titans to win on Sunday. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Chris Nocero, Grant Nicholson. Final couple segments of the show. Jay Southland Toe Service text line is 913-576-7610. Last segment, we talked about who would win between Uncle Phil and Carl Winslow. Apparently, I said Carl Weathers. And they were like, Carl Weathers is the dude in Rocky. Carl Winslow is from Family Matters. You're right. It was Carl Winslow who I was talking about. But you knew who I was talking about. Another one said Carl Winslow was a cop. Don't underestimate his training skills. Nah, bro. Uncle Phil is the size of an offensive lineman. Carl Winslow is five foot eight. Like he's almost, there's almost a foot there on him. And Uncle Phil's not like a lanky five, six, five. He was like, he, like I said, he looked like an offensive lineman. Like he would throw Winslow, like through a window or something. Like, he looks like a bodyguard that you would have. That's how big that dude was. So, no. I I definitely, uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely think it would be an easy win for uh, for Uncle Phil. Another person on the text line uh, talking about Derrick Henry, you know, Tim Tebow choosing Derrick Henry over, over Patrick Mahomes. It's not that far-fetched, though. Henry is dominating. Henry is dominating. You're absolutely right. But he's not like no running back has the effect on a team that a quarterback does. No, no running back does not in these days. It's the reason why like Rob Brenton from the drive hates running backs. And, and for, I think for good reason, because running backs don't have the value that quarterbacks do by a long shot. It's the reason why now if, if teams do draft running backs, it's usually late in the first round or early in the second. You don't see teams go out and spend. It's rare now that a team spends a pick in the top 20 on a running back. Like it maybe one a year, maybe one every other year. If that, like it just doesn't happen that often. And the reason why is because running backs just not that high value of a position. I mean, when the chiefs drafted Clyde, he was the first running back off the board at 32. So that tells you just, and there were good running backs that year. You had Swift, you had, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh God, I forgot, uh, Dylan, AJ Dylan. He was, he was in that draft class. Um, you had value in that draft class and the chiefs decided, yeah, we'll, we'll take one at 32 and no one else was like, we're going to take one in the first round, even though there were teams that could use one. So yeah, no, Henry's not, he's not that valuable. So I want to go to the keys for each team on Sunday to walk out with the victory. And I'll start with the Tennessee Titans. If Derrick Henry runs for, you know, close to 200 like he did in the 
game against the Chiefs in 2019 in Nashville, the the Chiefs will probably lose that game. They will probably lose. If they give up a college-like performance to Derrick Henry, they'll probably lose that game because it's going to open up the passing game for Tannehill and that's also going to be part of it too. Tannehill's going to have to have a big game. And if he's able to take chunks out of the defense with his, uh, with his passing and you've got the defense being honest against Derrick Henry and they just can't stop him, then yeah, yeah, that's, then we're probably talking about a victory for the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. Uh, and if the Titans defense, the Titans defense doesn't have to be great. Like, look, you're not going to be great against this Chiefs team. But if you can force turnovers and you can generate a consistent pass rush against Mahomes, which is probably going to lead to you forcing turnovers because Mahomes has kind of been forcing it this year, you're going to put yourself in a great position to be able to, to beat the Chiefs on Sunday. So, yeah, it, it's it's going to matter very much. The, the defense doesn't have to get stops. But if they can force turnovers, force a couple turnovers, especially at crucial times, and if they're able to generate a pass rush, maybe they can get a key stop or two. They're in, they're in good position. They'll be able to, to at least create a window for them to be able to win in a high-scoring game. But it's going to be a high-scoring game if Tennessee wins. Tennessee's not going to win a 20-17 to 17 football game on Sunday. It's going to be like in the 30s or high 20s if they win. It's going to be vital for them to get turnovers get a pass rush on Mahomes so that they can't push the ball down the field and they've got some they've got some talent on their on their defensive line. They did add Bud Dupree in the offseason um who was one of the key pass rushers for the Steelers last year. Um you know, they've got a, a really good player in the secondary and in, in, in Kevin Byard who had a really <laughs> he had a really awesome pick against uh against the um Bills against Josh Allen on Monday. So you've got some talent there, but they're going to need some luck on their side. They're going to need some turnovers there. They're going to need guys to get off their blocks and get after Mahomes. That's the only way they stand a chance. For the Chiefs, obviously can't turn the football over like you have um, because the Titans are a much better team than Washington. They're going to take advantage of those because they've got a great running back. And especially if you do it in your own territory – you're just giving them points. You can't gift a team like the Titans points because possessions are going to really matter against them because of Derrick Henry. Um, so you can't turn the damn ball over. I think the biggest key to the Chiefs, if they get a two-point lead, I mean not a two-point lead, a two-score lead, I think the game's over. And the reason why I think so is because at that point, you you kind of force the Titans into the position that they were in in the AFC championship game where you got a two score lead and all of a sudden they abandoned the run because they knew that they couldn't keep up with the chiefs offense. They're like, our defense is trash and we're trying to stop an offense that is incredibly hot. We got to score points and we can't do it by handing the ball to Derrick Henry and having the entire defense sell out against the run. We got to throw the football down the field and we got to force them to have to stop us from gaining chunks out of their defense. And the Chiefs did in that game. Their defense played very well and was able to keep the Titans off the scoreboard for most of the second half. And it really worked in their favor. 
that's what they're going to have to do. I, I have said, that for, said this for years. The Chiefs' best defense against a great rushing attack is Patrick Mahomes. Because if they can run the foot, because if, if they can throw the football and they can score points in bunches really quick, they force opposing teams to have to do the same thing. Because opposing teams cannot trust their defense to stop Mahomes. So if you get a two-score lead, the game is pretty much over at that point. Because now you're going to force Ryan Tannehill to have to match Patrick Mahomes. And I know he's got some decent weapons there. You know, I like A.J. Brown a lot. Julio Jones isn't what he used to be, but he's still dangerous. But, dude, that's not the same team. That's, that, this is not an adept passing offense. Uh, they've definitely been one of the most disappointing aspects, one of the most disappointing passing offenses in the league this year. If you force Ryan Tannehill to have to be a hero, uh, you're basically guaranteeing your victory. Coming up next, I give you my final thoughts on Chiefs-Titans, and I give you my prediction to close the show. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Final 90 seconds of the show. I've been running really long this show tonight. But, uh, yeah, we're a few minutes away from Suns-Lakers where they're going to spend the entire game not talking about the Robert Sarver story. Uh, this Sunday, though, Chiefs-Titans on, uh, on at noon on CBS. You can listen to the game on 106.5 The Wolf, our sister station. Um, I think that the Chiefs are going to get ahead pretty comfortably early on and then basically just kind of stave off the Titans throughout the throughout the uh, rest of the game. Titans don't have an explosive offense aside from when Derrick Henry breaks off big runs, but I think the Chiefs are really going to sell out on the run game, and they're going to do their best to try and keep Derrick Henry from breaking one of those big runs, force Tannehill to win the game, and I don't, I don't think he can do it for him. So I think this one is probably going to be 38 to 23 Chiefs. They'll keep pushing them back, and that's how the Chiefs win. Special thanks to Grant Nicholson for doing all the hard work. Special thanks to you, the listener, for listening to me talk for the last three hours. Podcast page, 610sports.com, Odyssey app. If you missed anything, I'm Chris Indocera. I'll talk to you later. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.